0: Presence. All our fears are washed away. That washed away. Find strength to face the days It's in your presence that all our fears Are washed away, washed away Hosanna, Hosanna You are the God who saves us So worthy of all our praises
1: in the darkness we were waiting without hope without light till from heaven fulfill
2: is from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear the war break out against me, even then I will be confident. And I don't normally do this, but I'm gonna skip down here to verse 13. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And church, I know that all of us have most likely come in this place with somewhat of a heavy heart for the happenings of this world and most likely happenings in your own life too, if you're honest, right? Um, I love the confidence in this psalmist because, because truthfully confidence gets a huge knock these days. I read something the other day that said something like, certainly certainty constrains, like this book is filled with certainty. It's filled with it. We can be confident in the goodness of God. We can be confident in his faithfulness, right? If you're not, open this book, let's read it. Let's read his goodness and his love and his mercy and his unfailing love over and over again. We can be confident of this. I particularly am drawn to this this morning because I think it's easy in times of distress to just be like, Jesus, come soon, come quick. Take us from this place, right? I've uttered that. And while we do have that hope for the future where He will wipe every tear from our eye. This verse says, I will be confident. I'm confident that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Here and now, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of distress, in the midst of war breaking out, in the midst of you name it, we will see the goodness of God. And that is certainty that we can cling to. Right? Right? Um, So we're going to sing this Another in the fire because we can look and we've seen it in the past and we see it now and we know he's going to be with us again in the future.
1: Let's sing together. There's a grace when the heart is under fire are closing in when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone there was another in the fire standing next to me there was another Cross that bears the burden. Where another died for me, there was another.
0: stories of what they, they think you're like I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone You're a good, good father It's who you are It's who you are It's who you are And I am loved by you It's who I am It's who I am It's who I am I've seen he's searching for answers far and wide but I know that we're all searching for answers only you can provide because you know just what we need before we say It's who you are and I am loved by you It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am So oh, unexplainable, I, I can hardly think as you call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still, me. Deeper still into love. It's who you are, and I am loved by you. It's It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I am loved by you. It's who I am who I am, it's who I am.
3: Pray with me this morning. Father, the words of that song are words of identity. We are who we are because of who you are. We have what we have because of who you are. And Lord, the words of that song say that you are good, you are a good, good father. And so, God, before we take another step or sing another word today, Lord, our hearts just want to thank you for what we have because of you. Father, for the people in our lives, for the opportunities that we have, Lord, for your love that pours over all of those things. Father, I know that many of us come in here this morning with a lot on our hearts and a lot on our minds. That doesn't take away from the goodness of who you are. Father, in your word, you even tell us sometimes we see the best of your goodness when we're going through the hardest experiences. And So Father, I pray today that your goodness would just wash over us today, that it would be evident in every single thing that we do, that not a second would go by these services or our times together where your love wouldn't just pour over every single one of us today, Father. We praise you for who you are and we thank you for who we are because of you. So be with us now as we continue. May you be at the center of what we desire today, Lord. May we feel your love in all that we say and do. It's your name we pray.
4: Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. I think they're really working to make these connection moments connect. This is the second consecutive week with a Dave up here. So anybody else out there named Dave, you're probably up next, so just get ready. I'm going to talk to you this morning about Sunday school, which is one of my favorite things. Um, Sunday school that might sound a little bit like old-fashioned or boring or something like that but um, those are those are just words Uh, what matters is the connection that those words imply and yes I stole that from a movie five points to anybody who can find me later and tell me what movie I stole that from Um, Sunday school is kind of focused around Bible study and Bible study in community and that's so important Um, so important to seek God together, to grow in our knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is, to grow in our relationship with him. And it's so important to do that in community. It's so helpful to do that in community. You know, we are all so uh, unique. We're born into unique circumstances, uh, unique environments. We have unique life experiences, and that gives us all such a unique story. And We all kind of interact and experience Scripture in different ways, and it's so helpful when we come together and can sit down and can kind of share with each each other how our unique story has been worked in with Scripture and how God has revealed truth to us. Um, You know, there are things that I have not experienced in my life, but you have. And so you have a unique uh, perspective on Scripture that's helpful to me. And when we all sit together and, and share that and do that, it is just so helpful for our growth together. And we are meant to grow spiritually. Um, you know, salvation is obviously important, but we're not saved to just be the same for the rest of our lives. We're saved to grow and develop. Um, just kind of a, a little illustration, word picture for you, uh, something for you to think about. Um, the church is often compared to a body, physical body, right? And you think about our physical bodies and the way they grow, Isn't it interesting how like all the parts of our body grow together, like they grow at the same time, Uh, they grow together. Picture a two-year-old. Picture a two-year-old that suddenly grows a full-sized adult left leg. That would be odd. That would be difficult for that kid. I mean, can you imagine trying to buy pants for that kid? That kid's probably never going to learn how to walk, at least for years. It's, it's going to be hard to function like that, right? That's that's really weird. And you can think of all kinds of examples like that. Think of a fully grown human who still has the lungs of a three-year-old. That would be difficult. They're not going to function well. Think about a fully grown human who has, you know, the arm of a four-year-old. It's going to be really hard to play softball like that. Um, you know, I think, I think a spiritual body is really similar. We are meant to grow together. I think this is what the Hebrew writer is is kind of alluding to in chapter 5, when he says, and I'm just going to paraphrase this, he says, you know, some of you are still stuck in baby formula. You're supposed to be growing. You're supposed to be on to solid food by now. So here was a group where some of the people were growing and some people weren't growing, and it was problematic. So we are meant to grow together. So I just I want to invite you, if you are not part of one of our discipleship groups, um, reach out to us. We'd love to help you get plugged into that. You can do that with those connection cards in front of you. Just right on there, hey, I don't want to be a baby foot on a full-grown human. Um, we'll figure that out, reach out to you, help you get plugged into one of our opportunities. And we have several. Um, in fact, now normally we don't really do commercials uh, in these little times here, but I've been granted special dispensation this morning. To share something new that we're going to be doing uh, here, Brian Nurick and I have started a Sunday school class, and we are going to do a study on the life of Jesus. Now, technically, all of Scripture is about Jesus, so any Bible study is technically sort of a study about Jesus, but we are going to focus on Jesus in the Gospels, his life and his ministry, and how he intersected with the lives of the people around him. It's really going to be cool. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, But we're also adding kind of an extra layer to this that I think is going to be fun. To kind of give us sort of a path to follow through the Gospels, we're actually going to use a TV show about Jesus. You heard me correctly, a TV show about Jesus. I don't know if you're familiar with The Chosen. Really interesting project. It is, like I said, it is a TV show. What they've done is they've taken the truth of Scripture, the narrative of the Gospels, and they have kind of mixed in some, like, creative storytelling to kind of fill in the gaps. You know, uh, Jesus' ministry was around three years, which is well over 1,000 days. But if you add up the time that's actually described in the Gospels, it doesn't come anywhere close to 1,000 days. So they kind of use some creative storytelling to create backstories and uh, fill in some of those intermediate times. Really interesting project. I want to give you a little taste of it. We're going to show a little preview of it here. So go ahead and, and show that for us. Let me tell you a story.
5: Do you think that impossible things can happen?
0: Miracles. I can never forget what I saw.
1: I'm so sorry, I, I don't actually know your name.
0: I'm Jesus. Are you dangerous? Maybe to some.
1: I saw him. It was incredible. I need to know if we have a problem.
4: The man claimed to be God. False prophecy. Again, I ask you, is there a problem? The so called miracle worker? Jesus of Nazareth.
0: Apparently, something good
6: can come from Nazareth. <laughs> Throw me like a stone in the water, watch the mud rise up.
3: If we
5: are going to have a question and answer session every time we do something you're not used to, it's going to be a very annoying time together for all of us. <laughs>
6: Trouble, <laughs> trouble,
3: find you here. There are righteous men on the lookout for you, and they are weighing every word you say. Trouble. That's not for you.
6: Trouble. This is different. Get used to different. We didn't choose him. He chose us. I see you. Trouble.
4: Oh, I really don't like that man. Follow
6: me, and you'll see more.
1: I was one way, and now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him.
4: And so it's time. Let's go. It's super interesting. I'm telling you, it's fun. some of the things you might like some of the things you might not like but it is really thought-provoking uh, and it's going to drive us into scripture so here's how this is going to work uh, we will send out uh, kind of a reading assignment each week there'll be some scriptures that you'll read on your own to kind of get you prepped for that week and then here's what's going to be fun about this we're going to meet together in homes during the week sometime basically have like watch parties we'll get together we'll watch an episode we'll talk about it we'll hang out for a little bit It's really going to be fun, great opportunity for some community. Uh, Then on Sunday mornings, we're going to meet at 1030, so it's during the second service time, room 101 in the hallway out there. Um, We'll meet in in our Sunday school session. We'll do kind of a deep dive into the scripture, really kind of get into um, what the passages that we talked about are saying. So again, um, there's going to be an email sign up that will come out with the weekly newsletter this week, or again, if you want to use one of those connection cards and, and just say, hey, I'm interested in that TV show thing. Um, you are more than welcome to join us even if you can't join us for the sunday school class if you want to join us for the watch parties hang out with us that'll be great i think those are going to be cool opportunities if you want to invite friends uh, uh, to come watch it with us i think that'll be a neat opportunity so we're looking forward to it gonna be a lot of fun again the tv shows just for fun we're going to focus on jesus in the scripture getting to know him more and more in a deeper way. Um, so, again, really encourage you. If you are not involved in one of our discipleship ministries, we'd love to get you connected and plugged into that. Thanks.
5: Thank you, Dave. Uh, asking is a dying part of our culture, uh, this this ideal of asking. Uh, when, when was the last time you asked for directions? You remember the good old days or the old days where you'd, you'd have to stop and ask for directions if you didn't know where you were going? and. Uh, You know, I found my tactic when I was younger is uh, the best place to stop and ask for directions are pizza places (laughs) because they're delivering pizzas. So I would stop at pizza places and ask for directions. But, But now we don't do that, do we? We pick up our smartphone and we... We, we speak the directions into the smartphone or we type them in and, and instantly we get directions. You know, we used to when you need to do, know how to do something, you'd ask a friend. So, I, I had to do work on my car, I'd, I'd have to call one of my friends and, and, and they'd have to work with me the first time I did that work. Now, you don't even need to do that. You just get on YouTube and, and, and you find a video showing you exactly how to do, what you need to do. And so everything is at our fingertips. We, we live at the information age and any question that we have we can find an answer for it pretty quickly. Personally it's appealing to me. I, I like that. I, I don't like asking anyone anything. It's it's humbling to ask and it takes vulnerability to ask. And Maybe vulnerability is easy for you. Maybe that's something you don't struggle with. I'll, I'll just be transparent. Vulnerability is a lifelong struggle for me. I don't like to be vulnerable. I, I'm very independent. Uh, the phrase, I'm up or I'm getting up is part of my uh, my slogan for life, and, and there, there's a fine line between persistence and being stubborn. And, you know, you, you may feel like you're being persistent, you may just be a stubborn person, and sometimes my persistence is not a virtue, but it's just being stubborn. And, and, and persistence is consistent with vulnerability, but being stubborn isn't. See, vulnerability is essential to strong relationships. Think about your marriage relationships or any friendship relationship. There's, a, there's this vulnerability. There's this risk of asking out. It's, it's been about 31 years ago that I asked Terry out for the first time, and I called her on the phone, and, and my mother-in-law, Ines, answered the phone, and, and I heard Terry in the background say who it is, and, and Ines said, It's a boy. And so my first words to Terry when she picked up the phone were, it's a boy. <laughs> uh, and so that risking out and, and asking for a date and then, then pursuing and proposing and marrying and family, there's vulnerability in that. There's, a, there's an aspect of all significant relationship that includes this willingness, this ability to be vulnerable. Uh, Brenny Brown, we talked about her several weeks ago several months ago and she's got awesome stuff on vulnerability i would encourage you to, to to seek out her books and her podcast and and there's a, a great talk ted talk where she talks about vulnerability she says i'm learning that recognizing and leaning into the discomfort of vulnerability teaches us how to live with joy gratitude and grace and so that's true we we, we need to be vulnerable and and the ability to ask the willingness to act ask is connected with being vulnerable and we're tracking through this idea of what does it mean to be a disciple and we've been working through the Sermon on the Mount and, and and we've been working with this ideal that discipleship is based on relationship that, that if we want to be disciples I love what Dave said because it's true if, if we want to be true disciples of Jesus uh, we are connected not only to God but we're connected to other people. That there is this aspect of, of connection and relationship that's essential in the process of discipleship. And discipleship requires, as every relationship, requires vulnerability. And so we're continuing in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you, for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And so we have these three three directives, ask, seek, and knock. Um, If you remember last week, we talked about not judging. And it it almost feels like in this that Jesus is shifting attention, that that, that he shifted from this this command not to judge to ask, Asking, but but really there's not a shift here, folks. There's this consistent thread. Usually judging does not come from a place of vulnerability. It does not come from humility. It does not come from a place of dependence. It comes from a place of pride, self-dependence, and separating ourselves from others. And asking is declaring your dependence on God. When we ask, we are saying, God, I am not able to do this on my own. I am depending on you. I need you. You know, we accept that God is our crutch, right? We accept our dependence on God. So as I thought about this, I thought, what, what are some things you can ask from God? Well, and, and this isn't an exhaustive list. I'd encourage you to get, get in your Bible and look, and there, there's all sorts of things you can ask. God. You can ask for wisdom, James 1.5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. We can ask for deliverance. I sought the Lord, Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. I like this one. We can ask for forgiveness. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can ask for personal peace. Be anxious for nothing. This is in Philippians four six and seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Jesus. Well, we can ask for boldness and strength. On the day I called, you answered me, you made me bold with strength in my soul. We can pray for physical and emotional healing. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. If anyone is anyone cheerful, he is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they're to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Two, two weeks ago, Josh preached from the Lord's Prayer and and, and this is all about asking the Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus invites his disciples to ask for God's kingdom. Uh, to to ask God to meet their daily needs, to ask for forgiveness and deliverance. All these things are important for a believer, a disciple to ask. And and even today, uh, as we think about God's kingdom and we think of all that's going on in Ukraine, God's people are invited to pray for these things, right? Uh, we, We don't have diplomatic solutions we don't have military solutions at our fingertips but we have something better we have a good good father that we can reach out to even in a time like this and pray so we're just going to take a minute and i'm going to lead us we're going to pray for the situation in ukraine we believe that god cares about that right we believe that god's people since god cares about that god's People should care about that. So let's pray just for a moment. Our Father, right now, we um, lift up this situation that's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, we, We pray, Lord, that your will will be done, that your kingdom will come, that your glory will be seen even in this most dire of times. Lord, we pray for those who are innocent and being hurt. We pray for those who are now homeless and refugees. Lord, we we pray that you will will put an end to this senseless violence. That, Lord, you will intercede by your spirit. Lord, we don't have all the answers in this circumstance. and It it seems so dire and dark, but, Lord, we know in, in darkest night, dawn is on the way. So we're trusting you even in this, Lord. We pray, Lord, that um, all God's people will be in prayer about this, that we'll take time in our daily prayers, that our churches will take time because, Lord, we believe that you care about this circumstance. So now, Lord, we lift this situation up to you knowing, Lord, that you care, and, Lord, you are moving. Lord, help us to be faithful to your move. Help us to be attentive to your move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We ask God about whatever's going on in our life. That's what I love about the Psalms. In the Psalms, David lifts up every concern he has. Lord, why have you abandoned me? Why is this going on? God invites us to pray. In Scripture, we go on and on and find different Scriptures. James 4, 2, and 3 says, You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. So he's inviting us to ask, but to ask for the right things. And it's always, well, what's the right thing to ask for, pastor? Well, if you don't know, you know what I would do? I'd ask. God invites us to ask in honesty, that if we don't know, we say, Lord, I don't know. I need wisdom. But we're called to ask and then ask some more. Then the passage goes on. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Uh, you think about our kids and, and the things that we do for our kids and the things that we do for the people that are closest to us, that we love, for our friends. Uh, when, when Wyatt, and Wyatt was born in 1994, so he's, he's nearly 28 years old, in a couple of weeks he'll be 28 years old, but I can remember when he was like two years old, uh, they, they used to give those little toys, or I guess they still give the McDonald's toys, right? and they used to give them associated with different movies, and Lion King had just coming out, and we were looking for a Simba, and we could not find a Simba, and I drove all over Butler County going to different McDonald's until I could find a Simba for that two-year-old tyrant, right? Um, No, he wasn't. It was just I wanted to give it to him. He wanted it, and I wanted to get it for him, and and so I put all that effort into this silly little toy that about... Ten years later got thrown away. <laughs> you know, and, and the scripture's saying, think about that. Th- think about the things you do for the people that you love. Do, do you realize that your father in heaven loves them more? A- and your father in heaven is more willing to give them good gifts, and the gifts that your father in heaven gives are better than the gifts that you can give? And then he uses a little bit of hyperbole. He, he uses exaggeration, and, and he says, you're evil compared to your heavenly father. He's not saying that parents are all evil, but he's saying compared to your heavenly father, he uses this bit of exaggeration. It's just like you're evil and your heavenly father's good. Just think about the contrast. And so why wouldn't you ask this good, good father that, that loves you more than anything, for the desires of your heart, the things that you that you need, the things that you feel that you need, the wisdom that you need. And so we accept and we believe, and if this is true, say amen. God gives good gifts. Right? Why wouldn't you ask him? And James says, you know, the, 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 he's the father of lights who, who, who brings down blessings and good gifts. Last week, we tracked through this through the companion teaching in Luke, uh, Matthew 7. And we're going to do the same today because there's something really important I think I, that we should see as we consider this verse. Luke eleven ten 10 through 13 says it like this For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now, suppose one of your fathers, one of you fathers, is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? If he's asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? So, so right there, we're, we're tracking pretty close to what Matthew records that Jesus teaches. But, but now there's a very important difference in how, this, how Luke gives this account and how Matthew gives this account. Luke says in verse 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit the hose who, to those who ask him? It's a significant shift from just good gifts to the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I think the point is this, God's best gift is God's presence. That's the best thing God can give us. And we see this throughout the passages, throughout the scriptures. In, in Exodus, the, the people of Israel are in slavery in Egypt, and and they're crying out for deliverance. They're crying out for God, and God shows up in a burning bush to Moses. You know the story, and he's speaking to this burning bush, and he says, hey, Moses, I've heard my people's cries, and I'm here. And he sends Moses, and Moses is known as the deliverer, but, but can we be clear? Moses is not the deliverer. God is the deliverer. He is present, and he is going to deliver his people. And he just works through Moses. You find this throughout the story, throughout the book. In the, in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, Revelation 21, and, and, and Amy alluded to it, God himself is wiping away the tears from their eyes. In Revelation 22, in the the, the last chapter, there's this this promise that's repeated over and over. God's saying, I'm coming quickly. I'm coming quickly. This isn't a threat. This is a promise. And then the penultimate verse in the Bible, God says, I am coming quickly. And what's the response of the people? Come quickly. Quickly, Lord Jesus. Can you say that with me? Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. That's the response of God's people. So we've been dealing with this idea of discipleship is based on relationship, right? that that, that all of our discipleship is based on relationship with each other and relationship with God. God, we're, we're formed in the midst of relationship. We're formed with relationship with our God and our prayer and our Bible study, but we're formed in relationship with others in small group in this setting, in discipleship groups and serving groups. It's in this vulnerability of asking that our dependence on God grows. It leads to a closer relationship with Him leads to a closer relationship with others. But, but not only is discipleship based on relationship, um, the point of discipleship is relationship. It, it's, it's the process and the point. Um, it, it's, it's not simply feeling better. It's not simply serving better. It's not simply being encouraged. It's not having things your way. It's not just simply having peace of mind. It's not about developing strong character. These are all good things. It's not about knowledge. The point of discipleship is not knowing about God. It's knowing God. Relationship with God. there's a fundamental change with Jesus and I believe this has been the invitation from the beginning but, but, but we see this particularly with Jesus the word became flesh and tabernacled lived among his people and John would write we saw him we touched him we ate with him and then we have this change with the Spirit that, 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 that God wants to fully invade our life, that, that the veil of the temple is torn in two from the top and the bottom, that there, there's not intended to be this separation between us and God, that it's just not learning information about God, but it's God filling your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to fully invade your life. To in live inside you. So let me ask you: Have you settled for less? The, the problem with, and, and I want to say this in a in a way that I, I don't want to be offensive, but I think it's true: the, the problem in the church oftentimes is we settle for less. We settle settle for the culture instead of the incarnation. What we settle for the character instead of God living within us? we settle for knowing the rules and knowing the things we do and, and, and living in the right way instead of allowing him to live inside us? We simply settle for less. And so maybe, maybe you feel like, well, you know, I got the culture down, but I don't sense this relationship, Pastor. Where does it start? It starts with asking. It starts with this significant dependence on God. So let me ask you, what do you need to ask God today? Where are you at? We're going to bring the lights down, and uh, we're going to put music on. Our altars are going to be available. They're always available. Um, I'm going to say this simple prayer There's an old song. You guys remember the the tallies? The tallies were a gospel group from, uh, it's probably been 30 or 40 years ago now, 30 years ago. But they sang a song called, He is Here. You remember that song? He is here, you can touch him. You will never be the same. God is here. He's present in our midst. And maybe your prayer this morning, Maybe Lord, not come Lord Jesus, but here I come, Lord Jesus. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. We're gonna put music on. Altars are available. I'd invite you to be obedient to Him in these few moments, and then I'm gonna close this in prayer. Lord, you're here. We we sense your presence, your power, your love. Lord if there's distance between us it's not your desire. Lord you're calling us deeper still into relationship with you. You don't want us just going through the motions. But you want us to know you. Lord the wonder of I'm your invitation to ask. You know me from the inside out. You know my innermost thoughts. You saw me when I was in my mother's womb. You know my comings and my goings. There's not a hair on my head that's not numbered to you. But even still, you invite me to ask, to speak. You you could say, just sit and listen, Paul. But you say, "Your, your father's here, Paul. I want to hear. Lord, help us to move even deeper into that. To express who we are, our thoughts, our fears, our dreams, to you. But in so doing, find our dependence on you. every breath we breathe, every time we sit and eat, every friendship we have, every blessing we experience, anything good in our life has come from you. So Lord, help us to live in that reality. Not in a place of fear, in a place of thanksgiving. Now, Lord, this week will be full of challenges. And the greatest challenge we'll face is to try to face these things in our own power. Help us, Lord, to submit our daily needs, our daily cares, the big things, the little things into your hand knowing that you care. Now, Lord, I love you. I give you thanks. I I praise you for your presence here today. Help us, Lord, not to begin to think that this is the only place we experience your presence. But, Lord, may we cling to your presence even as we leave this place. Lord, may we particularly cling to your presence as we leave this place because we live in a world that's hungry for love, that's hungry for hope, that's hungry for you. May people see us, see how we live, and may you receive glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless